0: Aren't you glad that Jesus has decided to show up on a Sunday morning? Amen. 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 I must say what a true honor it is to be back at Truth Church. See so many new faces, and that's exciting. All of the new people, and I see some of the people that have been here, and I see some that have grown in the Lord, and it's just wonderful to see a growing church. Amen? Aren't you glad to be a part of a growing church? I was like, something is different, and I realized y'all did your chairs a little different, and I really like how you're doing the chairs. That looks great, too. Sorry, my ADD, OCD, whatever you want to call it, just kicked in a little bit right there. But uh, it is an honor to be here, and uh, what an important weekend it is to honor your pastor and your pastor's wife at their pastoral anniversary. (laughs) Praise God. And there are few people I love, honor, and respect as much as your pastor and his family. You are a blessed church right here to have Pastor and Sister Gilbert leading you. They're wonderful kids. Lion of the tribe of Gilbert. <laughs> I give honor to Bishop here today. Bishop, I love you, sir, so much. Honor you here today. Amen, amen, amen. I feel like I've been sent on divine assignment here in come with a word from the lord and uh he's brought this to mind here today and what i'm going to preach today was produced in a very uh difficult season however i feel like the lord wants to minister some people here And while i was praying this morning in the hotel i truly felt like the lord wanted to bring a great healing to this body here today i feel a healing in the atmosphere and so whatever you have come here in need of, I need you to understand that Jesus is here to do it. Whether this be your first time in an apostolic atmosphere and you're here in need of the Holy Ghost, you can leave here full of the spirit of the living God on the inside. Amen. 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 And it's always an honor to have my wife here with me. Love her. And we have had revival since we were last here, and uh, we now have my wonderful, wonderful, my wife is my first love, and she's holding my second love. And I thank God for my wonderful family. God has blessed me beyond my wildest imaginations, and I thank God. It's a good thing to do the will of God. God blesses you when you're in his will. Amen? Amen. Hey, it's okay to be blessed to the Lord. God, when God found Abraham, he was blessed, but when he left him, he was very blessed. It's all right to have a smile on your face and say, it's a good life living for the Lord. This is the best life. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to two passages of Scripture here today. We're going to begin at Genesis 17 and verse number 21, and then we're going to jump over to Genesis 21 and verses 1 and 2, Genesis 17 and 21. Didn't this wonderful praise team do a fantastic job here today, too? Amen. I love the coffee shop. When I was here last, it was almost done, but not quite done. I think countertops were coming in, and it looks beautiful, and I can't wait to go over there and see this wonderful gym that y'all have been working on. I just love to see the church growing. Amen. Sorry, forgive me for bouncing all over the place. There's so many things going on in my mind, and I just love this church, and it is an honor to be here. Genesis 17 and 21, the Bible says, But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee, everybody say, at the set time, in the next year. Genesis 21 and verse number 1, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, Aren't you glad God does what he says? And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. When God says it. I didn't tell the media or music team when I was preaching and they didn't tell me what they were singing, but it just seems like God has a destiny in this service here today. Verse number two, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. Everybody say at the set time. That's an important phrase. God has a set time of which God had spoken to him. The word of the Lord declared it, but there was a set time for it to be fulfilled. And we don't like the in-between process between word spoken and word fulfilled. However, we have to learn how to operate in that season. Amen. I'm going to preach to you today simply on this subject, the Feast of Prophecy. You can set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands all over this house. Lord, I love you. I am very burdened today, God. And I know you have a divine work for this beautiful church. You have a divine work for the people that are here today. You are going to do something special in this house, I have no doubt. Lord, anoint me, put your words in my mouth, and let me preach your word clearly as you have put it in my spirit. I pray that your word would find the soil that it is looking for to produce fruit in the kingdom. Lord, I take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance against this service, and I loose the gifts of the spirit into this atmosphere, for we can do nothing save the spirit of the living God. Lord, I ask that you would confirm this word with signs following and that you would do a mighty 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 work in this house i love you jesus i lift your name on high jesus there's none like you jesus i magnify you jesus i glorify you jesus would you join with me in that just lifting him on high for just a few more moments there's truly none like you i love you i'm Matt. lord you are everything i magnify you today oh god Come on, that's it. Truth, church, just step into this atmosphere right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Come on, that's it. Just for 30 more seconds, would you love the Lord? Just for 30 more seconds, would you let your heart be moved on by the Spirit of the Lord that's moving in this house? Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, you look better than I do. Some of y'all so in discord. Good to see you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. There are seven major Jewish feasts in Israel. You find them as the Feast of Passover Feast of unleavened bread, the feast of first fruits, the feast of harvest, the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, and the feast of tabernacles. We as Pentecostals do not celebrate all seven feasts, but for the most part, we do look at their spiritual emphasis for the New Testament church because a lot of what was done in the Old Testament was spiritual emphasis and became spiritual for us as the New Testament church. And so when you look at the three major feasts that we are going to emphasize here today, you begin with the feast of Passover. Now this took place as the children of Israel were making their exodus out of Egypt. They were in bondage for 400 years and the Lord heard their cry and rose up Moses to be their deliverer and Moses ushered in 10 plagues and these 10 plagues culminated with the 10th plague that was known as the day that the death angel would pass over the land. And as this death angel passed over, he was looking for one thing. He was looking for the blood of a lamb. And if the blood was there, the death angel would pass over. If the blood was not there, that death angel would take the firstborn of the home. Now, you have to understand that the Old Testament deals a lot in imagery, shadows, and types, and metaphor of New Testament terminology. And so... When you read the Bible, and I love what I heard spoke a few moments ago, we better love the Word of God. This Bible's got some things to say. You must understand that when the Bible begins to teach us about Passover, that it begins by saying that this Passover will take place as the first month of the year. It begins at the very beginning because it represents a lamb being slain. And when you apply the blood of the lamb to a life, you have to understand that it is like the beginning of a new year. It's like your life starts over. It's like everything begins again. And you find that this Passover has a lot of Beautiful typology of New Testament salvation. You find, first of all, that the Bible says that you are going to put the blood on the doorpost. Don't hurry past that when you read scripture because Jesus said, I am the door, and the only way you're going to enter into the sheepfold is if you go through this door. And so you have to see that that blood-stained doorpost is baptismal imagery because when you're baptized in a watery grave in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you're going under the blood. And when you go under the blood, that death angel that is going to pass over everybody here, you have to understand that when it sees the blood applied to your life, you'll say, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? because the blood is a pot you have to understand that the blood went on the side door post and the top door post not on the bottom why because nothing goes over the blood everything goes under the blood And so you have to see that when you look at that blood-stained doorpost, you have to hear the words of Jesus when he said that you will be in me. When you step through that blood-stained doorpost, it's like you stepping through the watery grave of baptism where Colossians teaches us that you are buried with him in baptism and old things are passed away and all things become new. You've got to see baptism in Jesus' name. But he didn't stop there. He also said that you're going to have to eat the lamb. You have to hear the Bible come alive. Because when he says you're going to have to eat the lamb, he said you're going to have to eat the legs of the lamb. You're going to have to eat the head of the lamb. You're going to have to eat the pertinence of the lamb. That means the hearts, the lungs. You're going to have to eat these things. Why? Because when you get the lamb in you, it affects every part of your life. You don't get to pick and choose what part of Jesus you want to image after. When you partake of the lamb, it's got to affect your walk. When you eat the head of the lamb, that means you got to eat the ears. It's going to affect how you hear things. When you eat the head of the lamb, you're going to eat the eyes of the lamb. It's going to affect how you see things. When you eat the head of the lamb, you're going to eat the tongue of the lamb. It's going to affect how you speak about things. Anybody glad that when you got Jesus, you didn't get a little bit of Jesus? Uh, But when you were filled with the Spirit of the living God, that was John chapter 14 coming alive. And I will be in you and we will be in the Father. Friend, when you get New Testament salvation, it affects how you walk, it affects how you talk, it affects how you see, it affects how you hear, it affects how you live, it affects how you operate. This wonderful New Testament salvation, it affects every aspect, every point of life, it'll it'll make you a better employee, it'll make you a better husband, it'll make you a better father, it'll make you a, come on somebody. Thank God for the Lamb. Our lamb was slain from the foundations of the world. And when this lamb was slain, he had you and I in mind on the cross. He talked about it. He said, I will be in you. You will be in me and we will be in the Father. You have to see all the way in the Old Testament when he was teaching them about Passover. He was saying, this is like the day when Pentecost is going to happen and I'm going to pour out my spirit. And when you get the Holy Ghost, friend, that's me and you. And when you get baptized, that's you and me. I love, he told him, he said, he said, when you eat this lamb, woo, and you go through that blood stained doorpost, he said, you better have your shoes on. He said, you better have your belt on tight. You better have your staff in your hand because the moment you have an encounter with the lamb, you're coming out of Egypt, friend. Now, let me explain to you what Egypt is. Egypt has always been a type of the world. He said, when you get a taste of the lamb, when the lamb gets in you and you get in the lamb, you better be ready to make a quick exit out of Egypt uh, because you're on your way out of bondage. Uh, That taskmaster will not swing his whip on you anymore. Uh, You don't have to go to the flesh pot uh, anymore. Uh, You don't have to eat the oil. Come on, uh, the the garlic uh, and the onion. It's not for you anymore. When you get a hold of Jesus... You're on your way out, friend. Can I tell somebody here today, Jesus is still all that I need? Oh, and then and then after you have Passover, and, and, and now they have gone 50 days from Passover. They are now at Mount Sinai, and they are experiencing what we understand as the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. This is very important to us here today because the Feast of Pentecost should excite an apostolic church. We are apostolic in doctrine, but we are Pentecostal in experience, friend. And it was on Mount Sinai that we learned that it was by the finger of God. Everybody say the finger of God. That he reached down on tablets of stone and he wrote his laws and his ways. And he taught you and I. And he taught them that day, this is how you're going to live after me. This is how you're going to operate after me. These are my ways. These are my laws. These are my ordinances. This is my governance for you to live for me. And he wrote it by the finger of God. Now, you have to understand, John chapter 4 teaches us that God is a spirit. And so spirits don't have fingers and hands and feet and faces. And so the Bible uses great imagery to teach you and I how we can understand God. And whenever you see the finger of God in Scripture, it's talking about the Spirit of God. And it's teaching us that it was by the Spirit of God that he wrote on these tablets of stone. It was by that, that beautiful, beautiful, powerful Spirit of God that he taught Israel how to walk and he taught Israel how to talk and he taught Israel how to live. And friends, you have to understand that this was all a shadow and a type of the day of Pentecost in an upper room. Uh, Jeremiah said uh, when he would do it this time, it wouldn't be written on tablets of stone, uh, but he would write it on the fleshly tablets of your heart. And on the day of Pentecost, uh, when there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, uh, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, cloven tongues, like and as unto a fire, and it began to fill them, and they all began to speak with tongues what was happening The Spirit of God begin to write the commandments and the ordinances and the ways of God on the hearts of men and women. And today when you're filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God
1: will lead
0: you. It will guide you. It will teach you. It will walk with you. I'm glad I don't have to walk this walk all by myself. But when I walk this walk, I do it with the Lord. I said I do it with the Lord. And we have to understand that this, this Pentecost, it's who and what we are. We better never lose who and what we are. I don't want to put the brakes down here, but I kind of feel like I'm just stopping here just for a minute, friends. We are Pentecostal. We are aisle running, tongue talking. Ah. Now, I, listen, I, I, I don't agree. I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying you got to do it this way, but I remember when I was five and six years old sitting on the front row and the Holy Ghost would hit one of these Marshallese brothers in our church uh, and that man would literally run up the wall and do a backflip. Now, I'm not saying you got to do backflips, uh, but what I am saying is when the Holy Ghost hits you, uh, you better get excited, friend. <laughs> Had it not been for the Lord. I still like to dance in the presence of God. I still like to clap my hands when I feel the ebb and flow of the spirit of the living God. I still like to move. I'm not worried about my tie. I'm not worried about my press suit. I'm worried about getting in the presence of God and allowing his spirit to have its will and its way in my life. You ought to let God have his way for about 20 seconds right now. (laughs) Glory, 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 glory. we're a pentecostal church i said we are a pentecostal church these men are not drunk as you suppose they're drunk on a new wine (laughs) a wine that's never touched your lips before i know you've had wine before and maybe it was good when you had it but friend when you get a hold of this new wine Oh, man, I just kind of feel like preaching just a little bit. It's an intoxication, not of alcohol, not of meth, not of a high of a narcotic. It's an intoxication that gets a hold of you. And pardon me, sometimes you can't contain your praise, nor your worship, nor how you dance. I thank God we were born an hour running, tongue-talking, holy rolling church. instill every program you can instill. You better put every methodology you can put in the church. But at the end of the day, I still believe we dance. I still believe we shout. I got to get to what I'm trying to preach here today. I got to. You you, got to forgive me. I love this thing. I I love our running church. I love tongue-talking church. I love knowing that at any moment in a service, God can just say, you're done, Dylan. Get out of my way, and I'm going to do what I want to do right here, right now. I I like knowing that God can do what God wants to do when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. And you have to understand that as you hurry, I'm trying to hurry, I'm talking to me, not you, past Pentecost, you go to what they call the Feast of Tabernacles or booths and Many believe that this is when the Lord will come and set up His kingdom upon the earth. But in study, I I was trying to learn more about these feasts. I bought a book by Kevin J. Connor, uh, and and it was studying the Feast of Israel. When I was studying the Feast of Israel, sandwiched between Pentecost and Tabernacles, there was a one-paged little chapter with one very cool little paragraph, and it said, Scholars come together in agreement that between Pentecost and the Feast of Tabernacles, as it was in Israel a dry season for that land, was no great harvest happening at that time. They said, in this season we come together in agreement in calling this the Feast of Prophecy. Because when there's nothing to feast on in the present... You have to learn how to feast on what's to come. I'm telling you, the Lord has sent me today to talk about learning how to feast on what's to come. Because there's a lot of space in between word spoken and word fulfilled. And sometimes you've got to learn how to open the scroll. You've got to learn how to read what was spoken, and you've got to learn how to let the word of God become food for the journey. Because it's easy to shout when it's spoken, and it's easy to shout when it's done, but can you shout uh, in preparation between spoken and fulfillment? You look at creation, you look at creation. You take time to study creation, you will find that there are 13 points of creation before God ever allowed inhabitation. Day one and all the way to day seven and God rested. There are 13 points that God creates different things where he is setting creation to be ready for inhabitation. The first let there be light had in mind Adam and Eve walking in the garden in the cool of the day. However, God could not put Adam and Eve in an atmosphere that was not ready for inhabitation. And so through the process of preparation, he creates atmosphere and waters and lands and animals uh, and he creates trees and things that would allow oxygen to be traded for carbon and this process uh, to create an atmosphere that was ready for inhabitation. And this is kind of how the Lord spoke this to me when I read that paragraph. He said the feast of prophecy, this time between word spoken and word fulfilled, it's called preparation. Can you go with me for just a few moments here today? Nobody likes preparation. Nobody likes the time where God is putting things in place and setting things up so that he can do what he promised you he was going to do. It does not mean God is a liar from what he has spoken. It means God is doing a creative work between word spoken and word fulfilled so that when you get to the moment where the promise is going to come to pass, you are prepared and ready to handle the promises of God. And so the Lord... Began to deal with me. And and the Lord, is this all right today? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, this season is a wilderness. A wilderness. And it began to develop. Seasons are inevitable, right? Ecclesiastes teaches there's a season for everything. There's a time for everything. There's a time for war, time for peace, time for joy, time for mourning. There's a time to reap. There's a time to sow. There's literally a season for everything. But watch, when God begins the process of preparation, it's not a season, it's a wilderness. Here's the difference between a season and a wilderness. You can choose to bypass a wilderness. You can choose to go around preparation. You can choose to... Maneuver your way around the hardships of the wilderness. The Bible teaches us that when Jesus was baptized, that he was baptized. And the Bible says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Not forced, led. And as he's led into the wilderness, he's led there for 40 days of fasting. And the Bible says that as he's fasting, the tempter comes watch the process while the tempter is there and he's being tempted and going through hardship and trial and tribulation while all this is taking place where in the wilderness the bible says that the tempter comes he tries him with the pride of life he tries to give him bread he tries to give him all of these things and then what happens when he comes out of the wilderness he is now operating in the power of what led him into. And so what you have to understand is, is that in this preparatory season where God is putting things in place, and it's called the wilderness, yes, there's trials, yes, there's tribulations, yes, there's temptations, but it's preparation to bring you out by the power of what led you into it in the first place. Watch, the Bible says that when the tempter left, that the angels came and ministered unto him. There are points of angelic ministration that you will bypass if you do not allow yourself to sit on a mountaintop struggling in a wilderness. We all want angelic ministration, but we want to bypass the wilderness. Uh, Here's the thing. You will never operate in the power by what you think you're going to operate in if you try to bypass process before promise. So the Lord today, this morning, he began to deal with me. Another word, another word. Are you ready? For wilderness is affliction. David said it this way in Psalms 119 and 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Or your ways is another word for statutes. Watch what he says in Psalms 103 when he assesses the children of Israel. Where? In the wilderness. He says in Psalms 103 and 7, He made known his ways unto Moses, but his acts unto the children of Israel. Could it be that they could not serve the Lord in fullness of heart because they only knew him for what he could do and not his ways? Could it be that Christianity today is more concerned with what he does and not who he is? And that's why there's a lack of power on the other end. David said, had I not have partook in the affliction, I wouldn't have grown to love his ways. What did they say as Moses and the children of Israel are watching the thunderings on the mount? They said, no, 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 Moses, we're not willing to climb the mountain. You go up that mountain and you hear from God and you let him know what he says unto us. Where did this happen? In the wilderness. Their unwillingness to take the task of climbing the mountain produced a people that did not know God for who he was, but what he could do. They weren't willing. Man, you ever climbed a mountain before? One step is easy. Second step is easy. But you get about halfway up that hike, and the jelly leg sets in. Oh, I know. Y'all are all bodybuilders. I'm the only one that's built like a string bean. I get it. My brother used to say, "I'll I'll rip your arms off and beat you with them. I've always been built like a toothpick. I can't help it. The mountain climb is not easy no 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 and they told Moses they said we're not willing to take the arduous difficult task up the mountain we want you to take the difficult task and David assessed the children of Israel he said Moses knew him for his ways and you only knew him for his acts I have prayed this prayer God I have seen. Literal thousands received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Last year in Madagascar, I watched 2,700 people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I watched people receive miracles. I saw things with my eyes. I have seen the blind eye open. I was in Texas preaching. Uh, I believe uh, it was somewhere near Amarillo. And while I was preaching, there was a lady who had a blind She had a blind left eye because she had a stroke. And I prayed for her. And I remember she started blinking real hard. And she threw her glasses. And I said, oh, my God, you can see. She said, I can see you can see i can see we were both astounded that she could see we were both like whoa god heals that yeah i've seen the deaf ear unstopped and i'm not i'm not telling you second hand stories that i read in a book or heard somebody else say i'm telling you i've seen the deaf ear unstopped i've seen people healed i've watched people healed in this very altar i've prayed a prayer If I never see another act, I want to know your ways. If I never see another miracle, if I never see 2,700 more filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I know you for who you are, then it's worth anything you have to put me through. Let me tell you something. I have begun to understand the hardship of affliction. The Lord has caused me to visit some difficult places lately, some dark places lately. I do not stand here as somebody that does not understand the burden of affliction. I have visited some of the darkest places I have ever visited in my mind before. I've sat in dark rooms, numb, feeling like I can't feel anything as of late, wondering, God, where in the world are you? Why is it that I can only feel you when I'm behind a pulpit? And the Lord said, because you want to know my ways. Yeah, we like the power of God, but let me talk to you about the hardship of affliction, friend. It is that affliction that teaches you uh, that's where the anointing comes from. We all
1: want the mountain highs, but we don't want to walk through the wilderness uh, to come out on the other side by the power of the living God.
0: First Thessalonians 3 and 3 says that no man should be moved by these afflictions. Think about what the Lord says. Don't you dare let afflictions move you. For yourselves know that we are. God help me right now. It's an appointment. God set it up. So that he could create something in you so that he could produce something in you because you prayed for God to use you because you prayed for God to let this place be a place where miracle signs and wonders take place you prayed that this place would be a place of continued revival that's the prayer that I have heard in my spirit and I'm telling you God has put us in a season of preparation not for our defeat but so that we could come out out by the power
1: of the spirit of the living God
0: that word appointed literally means a set place it is the same phrase that God spoke to Abraham when he said it's a set time it's a set time can I talk to you, that word affliction comes from the original root Lebo, which is where we get the word synthlebo from, literally meaning to press together and to press upon. The point of affliction is not to cause division, the point of affliction is to first press together trials unify a church trials unify a family do not let the devil slip in in the season of affliction and allow division I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost affliction shows up not to separate but to press together I know your family's battling. I know you're in the hardship. I know you're in the season where it's like a feast of prophecy where nothing good is happening right now. But I'm telling you, get the word of the Lord out and begin to quote what God said because
1: I see it on the horizon. I know the hardship is hard, but it produces the oil.
0: We all want the oil. Anoint me. Use me. Bless me. Let it come upon me. Oh, Lord, anoint me for the glory of your kingdom. I didn't know what I prayed when I was 15 and I told God, I'll do anything for the glory of your kingdom. I didn't know that it would be betrayal. I didn't know that it would be hurt. I didn't know that it would be heartache. I didn't know that I'd have to sit in a room as a preacher of the gospel. Is this all right if I get real today and be so depressed? It was like I couldn't think beyond the present thought that I was in. I know what it's like to watch depression visit my wife with such intensity that I didn't know if we were going to make it out of that room. But through prayer, God began can to produce the oil I haven't come to preach a pretty sermon I haven't come to impress you with revelation I've come to tell you God sees you where you're at I've come today to tell you God sees the tears that you've wept alone God has seen the heartache and the pain the second definition Not just to press together, but to press upon. Affliction doesn't just unify. It presses down. Ah, It's the same phraseology used in those that would take the olive and begin to produce the oil. Affliction presses the oil. Ah, But as the oil begins to flow... Friend, let me tell you, there's nothing like the power on the other side of the wilderness. I feel the oil flowing in Denison. I feel the oil flowing. The oil that was produced in the hardship of affliction. I feel it flowing. After Paul got done saying... uh, Persecuted, but not destroyed. Pressed down. He went through it all. He began to write in 2 Corinthians 4, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. Is this all right today? Uh, I've looked at myself lately. I said, man, I don't even know who I am anymore. And that's my wife. I've been very open with her. And I don't know why. The Lord told me I had to be raw today. And I do not want to be raw. This is not who I am. I'm a faith preacher. And this is a faith message. I said, man, I don't know who I am anymore. Man, somebody's prayed that prayer in this house. You've looked in the mirror. And you've asked God, who in the world am I? God's telling you, I'm making you. Because you have to let the outward man perish. Because if the outward man does not perish, that inward man cannot be renewed. But when you let the flesh begin to perish, the hardship of the trial and the tribulation, the flesh begins to go through the heartache and the pain, the inward man begins to get stronger. shata. You begin to feel the power of the living God surge through you in ways you've never felt it before. You begin to feel things like you've never felt before. Why? Because it's the pressing down that produces the oil. It's the pressing down that produces the oil. That's why he goes on to say, for our light affliction. (laughs) Friend, which is but for a moment. You need to hear what the word of the Lord is saying to this church. But for a moment. It's a set time, Brother Trevor. It's just a small time. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. How do you make it through the trial of affliction? Abraham, how did you make it when you were called the father of many nations and you didn't have a son? Abraham, how did you make it when you knew your life was going beyond the possibility of conceiving a child with your wife? Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. I'm going to read it in the NLT. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what they promised. Are you ready? But they saw it. From a distance. And welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners. Nomads on the earth. Next verse. Obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Next verse. Are you ready? Oh, man. I love this Bible. They had longed for a country. They came from their own. They they could have gone back. Are you ready? But they were looking for a better place. A heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared... He has prepared a city for them. Those that in the present never saw it come to pass, they looked up to glory. And they said, if it never happens, I am feasting on what's to come. (laughs) Abraham, I'm bringing you... To a set time. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which shall bear unto thee at the, everybody say, set time. In the next year. That literally means a fixed moment or a meeting place. He said, everything that you're going through right now is bringing you to a fixed moment in time. Where it's going to come to pass. Telling you there is a weight of glory coming into this room right now. You took a step and it wasn't easy. Affliction came, trial came, tribulation came, persecution came. But what you didn't know is every step of the way you were headed to a set time, you were headed to a meeting place, a place of fulfillment. And watch when you get there. You're going to be able to handle the promise. Uh, man, I'm telling you something. Is about. There is a heavy weight moving into this house right now. I feel like prophesying to somebody. Trouble don't last always. Trouble don't last always. The affliction is difficult. Joe, your brothers are going to bow to you yeah it's gonna be great marvelous yeah can't you can't you see it joe oh i can see it do you know that between when i tell you this and you get there your own brethren are gonna forsake you into the pit you go but from there i'm gonna work on the pride Take you out of the pit and put you in slavery from slavery to Potiphar's house. Now you're in Potiphar's house. Things are getting good. Boy, it feels good having a little bit of revival in Potiphar's house feels good, doesn't it? Boy, I like Potiphar's house. I've been moved to second in command. And then all of a sudden somebody lied on you. Right there God was showing you I need to see if your integrity can handle Promise. I took care of your Pride in the pit but now I'm handling your Integrity in this moment and God Says now I know your integrity is ready For promise. Oh but you're going to have to Go into the prison now Joe but this Isn't a prison like you think it is I've elevated you to the king's prison Now you're in the king's prison and you're around A butler and a baker and now The gifts are starting to work Because the gifts are beginning to flow in Preparation. I know you don't like where I put you but it started to produce gifts in you that you did not have before you went there oh now 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 you're in prison and you're interpreting dreams you're not just having dreams it's easy to dream but now can you interpret the dream now you're not just dreaming now you're interpreting dreams the gifts are flowing the operation of the spirit is flowing now you're telling people this is what's going to happen this is how it's going to happen can you minister even when the affliction is present oh yeah joe now i know that even when you have the opportunity to you're going to do the right thing So now I'm going to call you up into Pharaoh's court I'm going to put you in king's linen I'm going to give you the name of Pharaoh by his signet ring You'll be second in command over the world's largest superpower in that time Its name is Egypt Now you're going to be calling the shots and when your brethren come to you you're going to have the opportunity to lay the hand of judgment upon them But Joseph looked at him and he said It is not my place to be God God will handle God's business I was here for the saving of my people. And when you look back over the affliction, you'll say, had it not been for the pit and had it not been for the prison, had it not been for everything I went through, I would not be where I'm at to provide the salvation that people are going to need on the other side. Trials and tribulations are not fun. Nobody likes to. Nobody, nobody wants to go through things. Nobody wants your family to go through things. Nobody wants to see hardship come. Nobody wants to. Cope. That's your, your man. My gave me this coat. Look at it. It's of many colors. Well, you're okay if you never see it again? You're gonna have to be stripped of things, things removed of you. But when you come out on the other side, you're not walking like you used to walk. You're walking by the power of the Spirit. You've got angelic ministration working on your side. You're working with peace and love and joy. He's giving you the tongue of the learn. You're speaking in wisdom and not in ignorance and youthfulness anymore. You're talking from a place. And now you're ready for promise. Truth Church i have come under a divine assignment to tell you you've been through a lot I know some of it and some of it I don't know I know what some of you in my spirit I wept over you this morning in my hotel room the trials that you have gone through hear me in the Holy Ghost you learn to feast on what's to come I feel it I feel the shift I feel promise closer than it's ever been I feel the ministration of trial beginning to be released. I feel you beginning to minister from wounds now that you could not minister from places before. You kind of feel like Isaiah. He's given me the tongue of the learned that I might deliver a word in due season. Stand with me all over the house. Stand with me all over the house. I looked over here at Austin today, and I had probably the biggest smile I've ever had on my face. Because I was here, I don't know if it was when you prayed back through or got the Holy Ghost humor, which one was it? When Austin prayed back through. And I looked over here today, and I see this product. But I don't know what this young man's been through to produce this product there's just something about the joy of the Lord that I see on Austin today that just brought everything out that I felt like I had to convey to this body. Friend, it's worth it all. It's worth it all. It's worth the times in prayer where you feel forsaken and left alone. It's worth the times where your family is ridiculing you, telling you you are absolutely crazy. Who do you think you are? It's worth the affliction. Because on the other side, you've come to the appointed time. If you're in this place today, and you need the Holy Ghost to minister to you, you've been in the fight of your life. You have fought the good fight some of you don't even have the Holy Ghost and you have fought tooth and nail and God has sent this preacher to preach outside of his comfort zone to reach for you today to tell you that you are coming to the other side God's going to release angelic ministration in this altar God's going to release anointings in this altar God's going to release giftings in this altar And some of you, when you walk out of those double doors, you're going to walk out at the appointed time God has called you to. Man, there's a strong prophetic touch in this service right now. I ask you to get to this altar as quick as you can get to this altar. I ask you to lift your hands right now and don't, don't come and bow. Lift your hands and let the Holy Ghost minister to you right now. Let the power of the love of God reach down into a deep place into your spirit right now. Let God fill you with his spirit. If you've never been filled with his spirit right now, come on, you've been fighting the good fight you've been in it you've been in trial after trial after trial after trial you fought till you don't have much more to fight with I'm telling you I feel it strong in my spirit God's about to release the healing bomb of Gilead I was laying in bed this morning and the Lord spoke to me and said there will be a mass healing in this room today with every hand lifted upon the authority of the Word of God and the power that's in the only saving name of Jesus Christ I loose right now the mass healing God that you spoke to me begin to heal the internal things that no eye can see God begin to heal things God that have been hidden under the mask Lord of perfection because God they had to keep it together but right now in this moment you're going to lift some burdens you're going to pick some people up you're going to elevate some people people in this altar right now come on that's it truth church let them groanings begin to release those same deep groanings that you have prayed in your home when nobody can hear God's pressing together and he's pressing upon. But there's about to be a release in this house. I said there's about to be a release in this house. Come on, truth church. Come on, let's it. Come on, let the tears run down your face. Don't try to act like you have it together today. You've done that for too long. God's trying to get beyond the facade that you've held up today. God's trying to minister to some deep things in the spirit today. God's trying to show you, I'm getting you to the other side. I'm bringing you to the promise. I'm taking you to the point of prophecy. Come on. There it is. There it is. There it is. Come on, Zion. There it is. Let healing flow. I loose the bomb of Gilead into this service. Let it be loose. The healing bomb of Gilead. Let it be loose in this service right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. He's about to speak in this house. Let's just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now, Truth Church. more time let's lift our hands let's just wait on the Lord just for a few more moments let's be sensitive to the moving of the spirit right now feel like the Holy Ghost wants to speak to us let's be sensitive
1: trust is wait if you will bark and obey i have greater things for you things i have promised in my word if you will not stagger you will wait i will surely
0: lift our hands Tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I've been fortunate to preach at this church a few times and we had a long extended revival and In the times that I have been here, we have seen some great things. We've seen many people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Great miracles have taken place. Multiple accounts. We have seen God do mighty things. And I know you have seen those when I am not here. But I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost today. Those things were just high points in the journey. What God has for this body is special It is regional, and it is not just for this city. It is for this area, and God has allowed things to happen, put things into place, cause things to take place for the purpose that you are coming to swiftly. We just heard the confirming word of the Lord. If you will heed this moment. So, this is not a sad moment. This is not a heavy moment. This is not a weeping moment any longer. We're going to turn it into joy right now. Let the joy of the Lord. I said, let the joy of the Lord be my strength. Come on. There it is. You feel that? do what you feel in the Holy Ghost truth church come on do what you feel in the Holy Ghost that's it hallelujah 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 you feel that transformation that switch come on that's it the joy of the Lord is my strength Glory, 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 glory. Come on, that's it. Let's just worship. Let's just worship. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. 30 more seconds. Uh, Come on, let's praise him. Come on, don't stop. Do what you feel. Just do what you feel. Why don't you get lost in the Holy Ghost? Why don't you just get lost in the Holy Ghost? Why don't you just get lost in the Holy Ghost right now? Join with somebody. If it's close and it's appropriate, join with them. Let's get lost in the Holy Ghost right now. Allow the goodness of God to overcome us. Allow the joy of the Lord to overcome us right now. You in the Holy Ghost, something is shifting here. I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost. Last time I felt it like I'm feeling it right now, I was preaching in Glen Ferris, West Virginia, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Tell this church the season has shifted. The pastor texted me a little bit ago. He said, I don't know if you know this. He said, But since you text that, he said, There has not been a service where we have not baptized somebody. There has not been a service where we have not had great revival. I'm telling Truth Church and the Holy Ghost right now, I feel the season shifting. Marosekeya randa la baja, He key a rondo lobo satayaha. He ke anarasataya. no yo cataha. You feel that? Come on, give yourself to the Lord right now. Don't hold back.
1: truth church receive it one more time come on claim it right now I receive it in Jesus name it shall be done it shall be done come on all across this building Would you stand to your feet if you're not standing? Would you lift your voice right now in adoration and worship unto the Lord? I receive it in my home. I receive it in this church. In the name of Jesus Christ, the shift is taking place. We are going to see it happen in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, claim it in your marriage right now. In the name of Jesus, it's going to happen right now. Hallelujah. Good thing are coming to pass in the name of the Lord. This is not motivational speaking. It's a prophetic that is going to come to pass in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lift your voice to him in worship right now. Come on, lift your voice to him in worship right now. Come on, every lady. Come on, every lady in the house. All by yourselves, ladies, would you worship? Men, we're going to join in a moment, but ladies, lift your voice to him. Come on, every lady in the house, claim it right now. Receive it right now. come on men would you join in let there be a roar of worship let there be a roar of worship in this house yes Jesus it is shifting right now we claim it in the name of Jesus it shall be done your word is not going to return void in the name of the Lord there will be a feast of prophecy in this place we're going to see it come to pass in the name of Jesus I feel it in the Holy Ghost just to echo what the man of God just said we're going to see it happen now it's starting right now we're going to begin to feast We're going to begin to feast on the prophecies that we've heard. The prophecies prophecies that have come to pass in your home, in your family. Preachers have preached it over you, prophesied it over you. It's going to begin to come to pass now, today. Starting today, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that right now? Do you believe that right now? In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, a man of God told me before church that that baptistry needs to be filled up. People need to be coming in there. We need to see it more. It's about to come to pass right now. In Jesus' name, I believe it and I call it done. Somebody say, It is done. Hallelujah. Clap your hands under the Lord, all you people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to see it before the next service. I believe it. I believe it. Praise God. Praise God. You came to church today not knowing you were going to hear a message like this. You came to church today not knowing that the word was going to be fulfilled. But I'm going to tell you something. Walk out of here in faith, believing that it was for you. Amen? I believe that there's fulfillment Fulfillment and prophecy that has taken place while he yet spake the word. And I believe it's in families that are in this place today. And you're going to come back next week. And again, you're going to be a fulfillment of prophecy. And we are going to rejoice in that promise that you're in the household of faith. Amen. And I believe because of you, because of you, there's going to be others that come in. In the name of Jesus, I believe that. It's different than last time, sir. Ma'am, it's different than times before. We are about to feast in prophecy right now. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Clap your hands unto the Lord, all you people. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for a man of God that was sensitive, that was vulnerable today. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. 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 Look at your neighbor. Say, come back Wednesday. Come back Wednesday. Be here next Sunday. If you're a guest in the house, thank you for being here. If you'd like to be a part of First Steps, we want you to be a part of First Steps. Amen. God bless you. Greet our guests. Greet our guests. We're so thankful to have the mortgage with us today.